today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge edge. to help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. And uh, I'm here today with a special show. We have uh, here in studio with us uh, Phil Wiseman from Analyze Analytics That Profit. Analytics That Profit. Someday I'm going to get that company right. And I have our uh, our guest of the show, Mitch Levy. And Mitch is going to be uh, talking about uh, one of his newest books, How to Write a Book in Eight Hours. Thanks for joining us, Mitch. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Yeah, Mitchell Levy from AHA That. AHA That. Okay. Uh, Before we get started, uh, I I wanted to tell our listeners about a couple of upcoming Sandler programs. Uh, On November 16th at 8 a.m., 8 to 9.30 a.m., we're going to have a business leaders workshop, and that's titled The Ten Questions That You Need to Ask Your Salespeople. These are critical questions in critical times. Uh, When a salesperson answers a question like, are we ever going to get the Intel account? And the salesperson says, looks good. That doesn't mean anything. We've devised a, a system inside of Sandler for the 10 questions you need to ask every salesperson every week. And uh, we'll be taking our, our clients and guests through that here in Erlanger, Kentucky on November 16th from 8 to 9.30. If you uh, want to register for that event, uh, you can call me directly on 755-513-753-9400, extension 102. If you mention that you heard it on this radio show, it's going to be free for you. Everyone else is going to be paying $19 a head. Uh, I thought that was fair, Phil. Sounds good to me. Uh, uh, Upcoming programs in Sandler. Uh, We have a lot of upcoming programs. Check on the website. We have a a new calendar that just came out uh, October 20th. And uh, as a reminder, we're running the only Sandler Training Center here at Strategic Sales Experts, where you can increase your sales and reduce your taxes at the same time. A a critical thing to do, depending on who wins. Uh, Now, let me introduce uh, you, Mitch, to all of our listeners. Some of some of them may not have heard of you, Mitch. Uh, But Mitch is. Oh, I know. How crazy? Yeah. How crazy is that? You know. You only have to spend $100 million, run for president, spend two and a half years of your life. Uh, Mitch is an accomplished entrepreneur who's created 20 businesses in the Silicon Valley, uh, including four publishing companies that have published over 800 books. Uh, Currently, Mr. Levy is the AHA guy at AHA That and CEO of Think AHA. He is a best-selling author with 56 business books and a contributor Entrepreneur Magazine. In addition to these accomplishments, Mr. Levy has provided strategic consulting to over 100 companies and advised over 500 CEOs on business-critical issues, and he's been chairman of the board of a NASDAQ-listed company. That's a great uh, short resume, uh, Mitch. Uh, thank you. It's, it's, it's been fun so far. Uh, we'll see fun what so it sounds far. like in, a, in another 30 years. Sure. Uh, can you share with our listeners... Uh, the name of the NASDAQ company that you were chairman of? Oh, the company is, uh, uh, was called Rainmaker System. Uh, went public during the dot-com days, uh, and uh, uh, Rainmaker focused on lead generation for B2B corporation. Oh, okay. And they just vanished in the dot-com bust, huh? Uh, they lasted through the bust and for quite some time. Um, and uh, recently, uh, recently ended up the assets were um, purchased by a, a 
another company in the in marketplace. Okay. And uh, how many years have you actually lived in Silicon Valley? Uh, 30. Mm-hmm. Crazy when I think about it. East Coast mm-hmm. guy. Uh, mm-hmm. East Coast guy lived in Silicon Valley 30 years. So it's it, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, when you say you're from Silicon Valley anywhere else in the world, uh, people sort of listen. It's sort of like those old E.F. Hutton commercials. And, and what's fascinating is watching other places, either cities, states, countries, try to replicate the valley. And it's kind of hard for one particular focus. Right, Silicon Valley is made up of three things: uh, money, and many countries and states can find money. Mm-hmm. Highly educated well, people, <laughs> and there's lots of money. Well, Silicon Valley has a lot. Highly educated people, you know. And if you take a look at what China is doing these days, they're making uh, there are 50 MIT class universities for every MIT. Uh, I, i.e., there's only one, um, and they're graduates in in double E's and, and electrical engineering and other engineering talent is so much uh, superior to what we do. So that's another component. But the third thing, and this is what's really hard to replicate, and, and I have not seen this happen anywhere else, and that is people are comfortable with, they want to solve a problem. They want to help society be better. And so it is very common when you're sitting at bars or, or if you're going to lunch or, or dinner or breakfast, um, any of the, the thousands of networking meetings that happen on a monthly basis, that you have two people who are in the same position at different companies actually sharing information with each other. Because it's less about the competition with one company versus another and more about helping to move the overall industry forward. And that is just something that sharing is something that doesn't happen. So that's my, my broad scale tip on uh, Silicon Valley success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, my career, I worked up in the Silicon Valley and it was a very interesting place. First major account we closed there was a little outfit called Intel. Yeah, small place. <laughs> small place. Barely heard of it. Uh, anyway, uh, in, in your past, uh, you've, you've, you've published 800 books through four publishing companies. Why did you need four publishing companies? Oh, oh every book has a different style. And, and I could say when I started the publishing firms, we started, uh, my first one was called Happy About, and we did that uh, in 2005. I started that company. Um, what happens with the publisher and and by the way, I, I'm now over this symptom, but let me tell you what the symptom is. Every publisher wants to create a new chicken soup of the souls, right? Mm-hmm. So we created Happy About. I'm thinking, ah, oh, let's create a formulaic approach. And Happy About was, uh, or, and still exists today. There are books that are typically 120 pages, 25 to 30,000 words. Uh, instead of years to publish, uh, typically it takes somewhere between two to four months to publish. It takes about about the same amount of time two to four months for the author to write their book. So, you know, it's, it's quicker time to market. The, mm-hmm. uh, the next brand we created was a brand called 42 Rules. And what I try to do is create a, a very systematic approach to publishing. So 42 Rules, if you've been blogging for a year, your 42 Rules book is mostly done because 42 Rules consists of 42 500-word articles. Yeah, so we had consistent covers, same as Happy About. Um, in, in this case, so inside of a 42 Rules book, uh, Basically, every rule is two pages, right? So a left hand. So we broke the rules of publishing, left hand, right hand. And, uh, you know, both happy about happy about's done over a million in business. Uh, 42 rules is probably about a uh, three quarters of a million type business. Uh, we then created a company called Think Aha. Uh, the Think Aha brand was comprised of 140 bite-sized quotes. So we've been tweeting that content uh, is, is already available. And so now we're talking instead of uh, 25 or, or 20,000 words for potentially a 42 rules book, you know, a think a book was 3,000 words. Much easier to get to, much quicker to publish, uh, much more timely. And, uh, and then I got a couple other brands that, uh, you know, if people didn't like the brand 42 Rules or Happy About or Star Press, you know, uh, we did other brands. So we published for the EDA firm Synopsis. So all books that Synopsis publishes, we, pu- we actually do that work for them under their brand. So we've created a, a Synopsis Press and we, we publish behind the scenes. Um, one of the lessons I learned, Mike, and this was this is one of my my personal moments. We created this Think Aha series, and by the way, I love the company brand so much that we've now renamed the company to Think Aha. 
And we mm-hmm. published this Think Aha series, and, and books in the series were comprised of 140 bite-sized quotes. Now, what I'll tell you is typically an author would take somewhere between 40 to 60 hours to write 140 quotes if they knew it was going into a print format. And then at, at some point in time, we created an iPhone app. So if you wrote the 140 quotes, we had an iPhone app, and you could share the quote social. Mm-hmm. And about three years ago, I, I kind of I started doing a strategic consulting again, helping uh, helping corporations figure out how to t- transition their employees uh, into recognized experts, or, or basically from experts to thought leaders. And uh, and in that in that venue, when I started wearing the hat, I became the first thought leader architect in the world. And when I started wearing that hat, I asked myself the question. Why am I being silly enough to force people to write a physical book? You know, we uh, it, we were charged twenty five hundred to publish a physical book. It would still take the author, you know, forty to sixty hours to write. Take us one or two months to publish. Why are we doing that before we get to the ebook? Why don't we just encourage people to write the ebook first, and then if they want to go to physical book, they can. So instead of going on the uh, iTunes platform and and uh, keeping it as an iPhone app, we. We made it a web-based app, so it was available everywhere. And what was really cool is we, we now have a new app, and that's the company called Aha That. And we encourage people to write their social media-enabled ebook first. Uh, our cost, instead of $2,500, is now $450. We do cover design, copy edit, content edit. And the authors, and this is the super cool part, for the same or very similar content, instead of taking 40 to 60 hours, we have a time-tested process where hundreds of authors have written their AHA books in eight hours. And it's absolutely crazy because it's, it's when people are thinking about it going into an online social media-enabled ebook, they're just quicker. It's just faster. It's the less of the, the droning on the proper words and the proper sentence structure and more about gaining the, the voice out there. And so uh, anyhow, that's why we have multiple uh, publishing companies. And, and uh, what we do now with AHA That, for those who write in eight hours, if they're interested in having their books turn into PDF or into, uh, into Kindle versions or into paperback or hardcover versions, we do, we do that too. So imagine, and, and Mike, you're going to love this, you sit down on a Saturday. So, you know, it's Friday now. You sit down on a Saturday and mm-hmm. you write your book. And, and right. we've, I could point to a ton of authors who have done that. They write on a Saturday. Um, we could publish. Typically, it takes us about a week or so to go through time-wise. But if you, told me, if you told me on a Friday, hey, Mitchell, book's coming in. Can we have it on Monday? I'll make sure the team's ready to go to make that happen. Uh, so we could publish that as a social media ebook. And within a month, if, if, you, if you're interested, we'll, we'll turn that into paperback and hardcover. So for the work you've done on the Saturday, you can now be the published author of physical books that we then will distribute everywhere where books are distributed. And now you've spent time on a Saturday creating an asset will, which will open up and close business for you in a number of your client locations. And, and that to me is uh, – and I've got tons of stories of authors that have done that. It's absolutely spectacular. Well, uh, Mitch has agreed to – answer questions from our listening audience uh, during the show. The call-in number is, as always, 646-595-4916. We'll be able to screen the calls during the commercial breaks. And uh, I think what we'll do is take the first commercial break uh, right now. So if you have a question for Mitch, call in, and we'll be able to uh, see if we can get you on the air. Let's listen to a couple of samples. This is a message for professional salespeople. It's an unusual message. I'm going to tell you that our product is expensive and difficult. It takes effort to use, and it's not for everyone. We provide difficult but effective sales training. It's the kind of training familiar to champion athletes. It builds winners in the world of business. We don't promise quick fixes or color brochures, only hard work that will teach you how to sell effectively even when your price is higher. If you're tired of hearing, I want to think it over. If you're finally ready to invest in yourself and your sales career and learn how to close more business faster, call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. 
They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523, or check our website. This is Mike Roth and Mitchell Levy. Uh, Mitchell, uh, you you used the term a little earlier, uh, thought leader. Can you explain uh, what, what you meant by that? and How does one become a thought leader in their area of expertise? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to give you an ex- and a good, I hope, explanation. Um, what would I'd also like you to do is write down a URL um, because there's a lot more information. There's videos, there's audio, there, there are some uh, documents to look at. Um, if you go to thinkaha.com, just uh, as it spell, as it sounds, think, T-H-I-N-K-A-H-A.com. Uh, this is our corporate website, and there's a tab in ThinkAha that, that you can now point to if you're interested in, in going to the thought leadership definition and thought leadership funnel, which is a replacement to the sales funnel, which, you know, we may want to talk about, by the way, if you, uh, given the Sandler, Sandler approach. Um, so a thought leader is this term that it, at this stage, it's, it's so overused, but it's really the, the person that yes. you're thinking about is your, your major influencer. It's the person who, who is really bright and capable on a particular focused topic. Um, what I'd like to think about and what I've, what I've really been thinking about a lot recently is how, who do we learn from and where do we learn? You know, in the old days, the, the book publishers and the companies would say, hey, this is our thought leader. This is the person who knows everything. Here's the book that they've written. And when that person would stand up on a platform and speak, their flock would listen to them and they'd respond. Uh, in today's world, there are so many megaphones. There's so many platforms to stand on. There's so many people claiming to be thought leaders, recognized experts, and so forth. You know, where do we actually learn from? Well, we learn from guys like Mike Roth. We learn from people who are running programs, who are curating content and making decisions on what information to share. And so then the question is, well, instead of being the quote-unquote thought leader, why don't you become, and I call it the aha leader, why don't you become the, the aha leader who really is the curator for the audience. Like what are the best in your case, Mike, what is the best sales practices, the best sales approaches, the best way to solve the issue of sales so that you can actually have your pipeline filled. You could move people through the funnel and you actually can close. The, right. So, so who wouldn't want to mm-hmm. listen to Mike Roth if they've been a careful, organized listener. Um, for me, it's publishing. How can I make you a recognized expert? So instead of calling you a thought leader, how can you become a recognized expert in the space you want to play? And when I say space, it means the place where your clients are. It's the place where you can reach out. And these are people who uh, actually prospects, clients, partners, competitors. It's the place that you're playing. And it doesn't have to be the world. You don't have to be a worldwide thought leader. If your business is a local suburb in Cincinnati, then that's great. If your business spans across the United States, that's a different set of area that you need to focus on. And so if you go to thinkaha.com and you look at thought leadership definition, the definition we have, it's a simple two by two. And what I look at, it's audience by content. And so what we're looking at here is what is the audience you have? And so what I'll say is you need to have the right amount of audience. Once again, it depends on, on where you're trying to focus. It's, and you need to have the right amount of content for that audience, right? And so okay, you don't need to have all the content. You don't have to have the entire audience, the worldwide audience. You need to have the right content for the right audience. And that's what defines a thought leader. Or in your case, potentially a recognized expert or a, as, as I like to call it, an aha leader. It's having the right content for the, Does that mm-hmm. answer your question, Mike? Well, tell me if, it, if, if in uh, a technology throwback, uh, over-the-air radio, there are a number of financial services advisors around the country who have local radio shows on uh, personal finance. Uh, those people become, in quotation marks, thought leaders, and then their thoughts wind up on local TV station. Uh, I guess Dave Ramsey's done the same thing. He's become a thought leader on uh, budgeting and getting out of debt. Uh, how does one do that in a 
business to business. Well, it, it, once again, business business is fairly broad. Um, so it depends what you're looking at. If you're looking at firms, you mentioned Intel, and we do work with, with Synopsys. In that type of business to business world, the, the client base is much smaller. It's very focused, right? So it's very easy to, to know and define who your audience is. There's a handful of conferences that focus on that area. There's a handful of magazines that focus on that area. Um, you typically don't reach a uh, mass appeal. You know, when you get the Intel and they did the Intel inside, actually reached out to the, the consumer side of the world. But what they're really doing is they're really reaching out um, to the up-and-coming developers who, who need to use a chipset to build their new products. And they're trying to get people excited about using Intel. Um, so barring that uh, you don't have a war chest with a ton of money to pound on and say, hey, this is, this is who I am and what I do. Um, yeah, I can't buy the blue group but, <laughs> like Intel. Yeah, exactly. Um, barring that, the real answer to the question is, who is the first question, who is the audience you're going after? And then when you know the audience you're going after, what are the, where do they play, right? Where are they looking? So, you know, what websites do they go to? What magazines do they read? Um, you know, is there generic TV or radio programs they go to? Uh, what type of books do they read? What conferences are they at? And when you've then defined what the world is, um, and of course, there's, there, we're not going to talk about analyst relations and going after the Gartners and other types of groups, but when you've defined the world at, at, that they're at, now the question is, how do, you, how do you get there? How do you play? Let me tell you the most easiest way to play. Um, typically, sure. there are, every industry has a con- um, one or more conference. Um, it doesn't cost that much money to be able to be the sponsor or a sponsor of the conference where you're now uh, part of sponsorship these days means yet you get to speak. Uh, what I would say is instead of just speaking at a conference, because speaking is a one-time event, right? It happens. Maybe people remember you for a week later if you're lucky, and then it goes mm-hmm. away. And then right. what often happens is, is, is people will then stuff inside the bags of the conference all these video uh, uh, photocopied items or color brochures or they'll hand out coffee mugs, tchotchke items, and so on. And you know what? All of that stuff, either they, they go to the kids or they get thrown away. And so what I recommend is now let's go back and write a specifically focused, a narrow focused book on a very focused topic that the audience cares about. And when you're sitting on the platform and you're speaking, instead of trying to sell the book in the back of the room, have the company buy a copy of the book for everyone in the room. And then, you know, if, if it's a conference floor, you know, an ex- exhibit hall, you can say, hey, I'm going to be around for two hours after the event. I'm happy to sign anyone's copies. And then when those people bring that book home, those are going to be sitting on the desk and they're going to sit on their desk most likely for years. And, and who wouldn't love creating a tchotchke that lives on somebody's desk for years? And uh, so those are – think about doing that, but now think about not just an, an injury an individual for a company. Think about the myriad of individuals within companies that have expertise that can all be doing that at the different conferences and locations they're at. And imagine walking into a potential client's office and seeing a half dozen or a dozen books that your company has put out sitting on the desk of the prospect. Think about how much easier it is as a sales guy when you do. Mm -hmm. Well, it does have some merit. Uh, Sandler, uh, before he died, I guess in 94, uh, brought out the first book. Uh, you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. I was one of the guys that, that pushed David into uh, writing the book because he really didn't want to write it. And he had a guy named Hayes, ghostwriter with him. And then David uh, did the unthinkable. He died the, the day before the hardcover came out mm. and died in the bookstores. And uh, a year later, uh, we put Hayes uh, on the jacket of the book and ran him around the country on a book tour and this ghostwriter couldn't even remember what it was in the book. So it was kind of uh, embarrassing when I had him in Cincinnati. Uh, here we are almost 20 years later and uh, Sandler's on a, uh, a real tear and we've probably got 16 or 20 titles published. Uh, everything from prospecting the Sandler way to coaching the Sandler way to transforming leaders the Sandler way. So there's a, a whole series of Sandler books out there uh, which is uh, is nice from a marketing perspective, but from a sales perspective, I'm not sure it's so nice. <laughs> there's, too, there's too much information out there, too much 
proprietary, proprietary information which, which has been put on paper uh, uh, to make Sandler corporate a thought leader. I'm, I'm as well as the uh, oh, I hear you. So Sandler. yeah, so 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 Mike, that's a great point. I think I think uh, the way the world has transitioned is as opposed to the corporation. I mean, there certainly needs to be a corporate, and Sandler has a good brand. But what has to happen as well is there needs to be individuals inside the corporation that are also well-branded. Because the corporation, when you're buying from a company, you're not buying from the company, quote-unquote, the entity called the company. You're buying from a person. And that Mm -hmm. person needs to be a recognized expert in the space they play. And you're starting to see more and more companies – uh, spending money helping their employees become recognized expert in their area of expertise. And that's a much broader and a much better way to go. The problem I have with the Sandler books, and I, and I, uh, by the way, the, I, I read and really loved the, his, his first book. Um, the problem I have is, is how much time does it take to do a book and how much money you're going to spend on? And, yeah. you know, if you have all the time and all the money in the world, you can do that. On well, the other Sam- hand, what I love about the, aha that platform and doing a book that you could do in eight hours is I love being able to be very focused and much more narrow in the subject area and then getting the book out quickly and then see what, how the marketplace reacts. And now here's the cool part, Mike, mm-hmm. when you create We're your have book, to take a break in about 30 seconds. All right. When you create your book, you're also creating your social media marketing plan for the next quarter. So mm-hmm. we can cover that. We can cover that in the next segment. If- Great. Again, if you have questions uh, for Mitchell, the uh, number is 646-595-4916. And uh, today we're going to listen to uh, uh, Jim Wilson, our uh, franchisee here, talk about Sandler Tactic number 12. This is uh, Sandler Tactics. Week 12, about budget. Tim could not believe his luck. While cold calling from the office, he lucked into a prospect that wanted to see him that afternoon. Tomorrow was too late. It had to be this afternoon. And if Tim had the right stuff, the order would be placed. And from the product description Tim gave, the prospect felt it was just what he had been looking for for the past two months. Tim, said the prospect, waiting for him to come right in and sit down. Glad you could come over on such short notice. Well, said Tim, you certainly sounded like you know what you want. And I think we have it. I think you do. Just to make sure... Could you spend a few moments going over just how it would fit in? Would that be okay? Asked the prospect. No problem at all, responded Tim, who proceeded to take the next 15 minutes to explain in great detail just how the products and services would work. During this time, Tim could not believe just how enthused the prospect was becoming. Unbelievable luck, he thought, and I thought cold calling was a waste of time. So, in conclusion, ended Tim. If you place the order today, I know we have everything in place within seven days. That's really terrific, but there's one important thing I need you to do. What's that? asked Tim. Seven days is too long. I have this, um, I have to have this in place within four days, or I just can't give you the order. Can you do anything for me? I guess we could. Good. How much is that going to cost? Tim told the, told the prospect. I don't know what to say, Tim. You're you're way out of the ballpark. Well, if Tim makes this sale, it will be after the prospect has beaten him down on price. But Tim will probably let himself be beaten down since this prospect is so hot. Also, Tim has absolutely no idea why the prospect needs his products and services so badly. If indeed he does, Tim allowed himself to be carried away by the prospect's outward enthusiasm to buy today. This prospect is in really total control of Tim. If the prospect is in control, Jim, who wins? The prospect. Mm. What could Tim as the salesperson have done to change the perspective? He could have spent time finding out what the client truly needs instead of what he can provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think Tim could have... Uh, disclose, get, have the prospect disclose their budget earlier in the sales? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Tim could have said to the prospect, uh, we probably have what you need to solve your problems, but you don't have a budget set aside for widgets. No. 
Probably don't. <laughs> then are we wasting each other's time? No, I need those widgets. Well, if you don't have a budget set aside for those widgets, where is the money going to come from? Good question. One Tim should have asked. Right. In the budget step in the Sandler system, your job is to ask a lot of questions, get information. Don't ask closed-end questions except when you know where you're going to take your prospect. If you need more information, make sure you sign up for a Sandler class. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Phil Wiseman and uh, Mitchell Levy. Phil, you were going to give our listeners today a uh, internet tip. Yes, Mike. This week has been an interesting week in internet world. Uh, a creepy little hack came out, particularly on Chrome browsers. And uh, even though I consider myself somewhat savvy, I fell prey. A little pop-up came up, update your flash player. And in my haste, having two screens open, I clicked it and unfortunately released some malware. It was very specific to Chrome. And so I guess the life lesson here is when you see these little pop-ups come up, pay attention. But number two, uh, when I walked in the studio today, I noticed Mike was updating his malware. So I strongly suggest that people put some sort of malware. Uh, and yes, I was using a Mac. Contrary to myth, Macs can be hacked with the Chrome browser. So there's crazy things going on out there in the world. Protect your data, protect your system, put some sort of uh, malware on there to keep those nasty things from taking control of your browser. So there's my internet tip of the week. Good. And Phil's going to be back on a regular basis to give us more internet and search tips for uh, the internet. Now, uh, back to you, Mitchell. Uh, we've talked about thought leadership. Uh, perhaps you can uh, give a little bit more detail to our listeners how someone can write a book in eight hours. Because that seems like an awful short period of time. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and we actually have, okay, are you sitting down? We actually I'm have two down. authors who have written their books in two hours, which is even more crazy. All right, let me give you a, let me give you a couple URLs. If you want to see what an AHA book looks like, uh, you can go to ahavat.com. Or specifically, I'm going to give you a URL that will bring you to the book that I recently wrote. And it actually has let's, two let's, of the authors. Let's be specific and say A H A. T-H-A-T, aha, that. Most people don't write it out. Perfect. Thank you. I saw it the first time. Thank you. And so uh, let me give you a book that, that I specifically wrote by interviewing four of our authors. Two of them happen to be authors that actually do write their books in two hours, which, once again, for me, it's eight hours, so it's crazy. Um, if you go to the URL, aha, A-H-A dot P-U-B slash aha. A-H-A. So it's aha.pub slash aha. That will bring you directly to an aha book. Um, you could sign on and, and uh, sign up and it's free to sign up and get your own account. Or if you click cancel, you can then view the book um, as a guest. And what you're looking at when you see that is you're actually seeing three pages of the aha book. And any one of those pages includes a quote. And those quotes are memorable on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+. There's a button that says view AHA book and you click on that. Then you can see all 140 quotes in the AHA book. And so when you see that and you start reading through it, that particular book will tell you why and how you should write an AHA book. Now let me give you another URL. And this is a URL that has the seven step process where hundreds of authors have actually written their book in eight hours. So that URL is AHA that dot com slash author, A-U-T-H-O-R. So go to there. And uh, there's some great content there, regardless of whether or not you publish on our platform. There's going to be uh, content that you're going to find fascinating. And I'm just going to tell you of the seven-step process, I'm going to tell you about steps one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. Step one is a Word document. And that Word document has, we, call, we affectionately call it the four questions document, although we sort of stack some of the questions together. Uh, what's your name? What's your bio? What's the title and subtitle of the book? Now, the first real important question um, is what is a one paragraph summary of your book? The second mm -hmm. really important question is who is your audience and how will they benefit? Now, you may think that's a simple question or those two questions are simple. Those are not simple questions to ask and, and, or to answer. And those, those questions, when you answer them appropriately, those become your blueprint, your project plan. Uh, when you're writing a quote that goes inside the book, you're going to continually see whether or not you're meeting the criteria. 
Does it fit within the characteristics of what you say you're going to write? And is your audience who you're going after, will they appreciate it? Uh, when we do, I've mentioned before, we do a cover design, a copy edit, and a content edit. A content edit means that our content editors read the answers to this question. And then when they're reading your content, they're verifying that what you wrote actually is what you said you were going to. All right. So that's, that's really step one. It's a word document you're filling out. Mm-hmm. Now the easier step is step two. Step two is a single page PDF. And I would encourage anyone to go there today, regardless of whether or not you're going to write an aha book, because it's a single page, one page PDF that how do you write a good quote? Or we call them aha messages. How do you write a good aha message? So it's you know it's like three quarters of a page. It'll take you a minute or two to read, and it will give you some tips on how best you can write. So anyone who is sharing content in social media should be reading this content, and it's free for you to share and for you to use and and take advantage of. And you should be using that. The same thing we hadn't actually mentioned. If you go to ahathat.com, there are thirty five thousand quotes that you could share today for free in seconds. So if you need content to share on social media, just go to ahathat.com and then you can start sharing that content. Let me ask you a question about that because that Uh came up earlier. Sure. Uh, These 35,000 quotes, don't you run into uh, copyright infringement or trademark infringement on someone else's writing? Ah, so this is not, these are quotes which um, the authors have actually have submitted and we, we've solved one of the big problems today, and that is we give attribution to every quote. You know, so if you're um, somebody who does uh, – a Jill Jirwali is one of the top uh, social sales women in the, in the world. And so Jill has a book on the platform, and if you're sharing content from Jill Raleigh's book, um, her Twitter handle is associated with every piece of content you share. So you are giving her attribution. She's actually being notified. Her audience is going to see it. It's a win-win. Uh, we've also taken some public she's domain books. in advance to have her uh, material shared if you have the, her hashtag in it? Uh, she, well, you don't actually have to. She's published a book on the platform. And, and by publishing a book on the AHA That platform, you're giving permission for anyone to share that content and use it as long as it's used as is, right? So as long as the author gets attribution for the content that's being shared, um, it's really in your best interest. Um, as somebody who's trying to build a following and have people recognize you for who you are, the old days of the thought leaders, you'd stand up on the pulpit and you'd say, hey, look at me. I'm the only one who has knowledge. Today's world um, is one in which you're sharing 80% of the content you share. You're sharing somebody else's content. So you might as well go to a platform where any quote that's in AHA that you can share as is without having anything to worry about. Uh, because the author has signed a contract in publishing the book that that content is available for sure. Oh, well, that's good because when David Sandler was alive, uh, he went after uh, Zig Ziglar for publishing uh, a Sandler thermometer close without attribution. Oh, well, and, that's why would you do that? I mean, that's a, it, so it, it, by the way, in those, in those old days, people would do that without attribution. Uh, in today's world, that's not really how it's working. It's uh People are really, it is advantageous for me to be sharing other people's content. As a matter of fact, well, we've I'll, taken. I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you. Uh, okay. but there's still others like, who are still uh, sharing a material which is proprietary uh, without giving attribution. Uh, so I, it, I agree with you. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. We live in a, and, and, and I'll go back to uh, step three of the seven-step process. Uh, what's really interesting is we live in a Yelp world, whether you use, and I'm using Yelp as a verb. So we, we're living in a scene, what people are doing, and it's, you can no longer hide but behind anonymity. And if you're a type of person who is stealing other people's content, uh, guess what? People know. I mean, in my space, in the, in the social media space, in the thought leadership space, uh, there are some people who we just know to stay away from because they just steal your stuff without, without supporting you. And so we just kind of avoid that. And over time, as the – and I, once again, I'll use Yelp as a verb – as the type of tools who keep track of that, the more you steal from others – the less business you're going to get over time because you're going to be known for that type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, oh, and, but while we're on this line, there are some books in the public domain. So we've taken some books in public domain. So P.T. Barnum, um, we took his book. Uh, we took uh, Dale Carnegie's The uh, the Art of Public Speaking, Sun Tzu, The Art of War, Albert Einstein, The World as I See It, 
uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. So we've taken these books, and we've because they're in the public domain, we can take the content, as long, once again, as long as we're giving attribution, we've taken their content, and we've broken them into AHA books. So if you want to quote mm-hmm. Albert Einstein uh, in one of your presentations or in an article you're writing, you can go to AHA that, and I've got 140 quotes of Albert Einstein that you can share, right? And mm-hmm. so we just, we, we're kind of, uh, I, I've only got six books, uh, public domain books. I want to do a bunch more because I, I just think that type of those type of quotes are valuable to to use. Well, a book like The Prince would be a phenomenal book to have in your format. Oh my God! Yeah, you know what I did at one point in time, I had somebody start with uh, with uh, Machiavelli, and I uh, we got to do that one. Thank you. Uh, great reminder. Uh, Mike, I'll definitely, I'll get, I'll get that one in there next. Yeah, we have Sun Tzu, The Art of War, but Machiavelli is a spectacular. Holy cow. Spectacular, spectacular. Again, we, we, uh, we do have uh, the last segment of the show where we will take callers if someone calls in. The number is 646-595-4916. And uh, we're going to listen to a, uh, a short Sandler rule here, and then we'll be right back. Hi, I'm George Donovan with Sandler Training. I'm here to talk to you about rule number 19, never help the prospect end the interview. We've all been on sales calls where it's been uncomfortable and the prospect's acting uninterested or maybe even a little bit hostile. Your inclination is to close your portfolio, get up and walk out, but don't. This rule calls for you to hang in there. Ask the question that gets the issue on the table. Chances are it's not you. Maybe it's your company's past performance that's the problem, or perhaps another company that sells similar products or services, or maybe it's another salesperson that has nothing to do with you or your company, but you'll never know unless you ask. So it sounds something like this. Let's suppose your prospect's name was Bill. You'd say, Bill, you seem a little bit skeptical. Is there something that I've said or done that's made you feel this way? And if it is, could we talk about it? Or maybe you say, Bill, I sense that there's a problem. Would it be okay if I talked about that for a minute? So the important part is that you ask. It takes the pressure off of you, and it helps the prospect work through the issue so you can get by it and get back to the interview. So the next time you're in an uncomfortable sales call, don't bail. Hang in there and remember rule number 19. Never help the prospect end the interview. This is Mike Roth with Mitchell Levy of AHA That. Uh, Mitchell, we were up to the third rule. Yeah, so third step, this one, this one's actually really easy, uh, guys, because this is the how do you write how do you write your quotes? So remember the first one is the Word document, and that's where you answer questions. Second one is a is a PDF where you read about how to write a aha message. Um, and the third one is, is an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, you could do it online if you want to use Google Forms. Uh, but the Excel spreadsheet, uh, we keep character count because it's, it's really 140 by 140. It's 140 quotes, which are 140 characters or less. Um, now, here's what's, what, what may not be as obvious for many people up front. And that is when you're writing a quote, those quotes can also include URLs. So, you know, if you want to link to radio programs, you want to link to SlideShare, YouTube, iTunes, uh, the squeeze page, you know, your, your, your funnel, top of funnel content where you want to link to. So what's fascinating is you could extend the content of your book beyond 140 quotes by including links that will show pictures or videos or audios or whatever it is that you're interested in. And, and that's what step three is, is the spreadsheet. Uh, the rest of the steps are, you know, one is paying it. The other is uh, we work with you on the cover. Another one, we, we ask you for your image so that we can show you as an author. Um, and so I would say, you know, go to ahathat.com slash author, and it'll help you understand how you can write your book, a social media enabled ebook in eight hours or less. And that's step one. If you decide that you want more than a social media enabled ebook, and and I guess I guess Mike, what might be worth talking about? Uh, think about the world. I'm going to give you three definitions of an ebook. Uh, one is an aha book. So every one of the 140 quotes are immediately shareable on social media. Second is a PDF. 
Uh, we know what PDFs are, but what happens is we can actually create a PDF version from your aha mess. And that's something where you could send along. And lots of people use PDFs at top of the top of their funnel. You, you give them your email address and you get a PDF download. The third right. type of ebook will be a EPUB version, which typically is what you use to send to Kindle. And so if you want to create an aha book, it's 450 bucks. If you're interested in actually having a PDF and a Kindle version, so you could be listed as an author on Amazon, um, that one is nine fifty, and it's it's relatively easy uh, easy to do. And we just we convert your book into a hundred and twenty page PDF. And then those that are interested, we can also create it in a, into a paperback and hardcover. And I have to tell you, doing a book like that uh, over a weekend and and uh, but it's still you have life experiences uh, and work experiences that you can then pull together into an asset. And, you know, people don't need to, even though it only takes 10 to 15 minutes, they don't need to read your book from beginning to end. They just need to read a handful of quotes to recognize that you are that, that expert in the field. You asked about how do you become a thought leader. If you can hand somebody or send them to your book and they read one, two, or three quotes and they go, oh, my God, this guy can or this gal can answer my question, well, you get the job. You make the sale. So, in fact, it's, you're making it sound like you do not have to be a good writer to write your book. You just have to be a good curator of material and be able to add a 20%. Oh, well, I don't, want to, I, don't want to be, I don't want to say that too much. I think for writing the book, um, so there's a difference socially. So on your social media, I, thank you so much for making this point, Mike. What you share on social media, 80% really should be other people. Right. And so you can go to the platform like Aha That, share, share this content, and 20% should be you. For the book that you, I, most of the time, the book should be your content unless you decide to crowdsource the content with the audience. And so if you go to the book I mentioned before, aha.pub slash aha, when you start looking at the attribution given to the quotes, uh, I wrote that book by interviewing four other people. And so, you know, it's possible that 20% of my content is, is in the book. The other 80% are the four other contributors, but they, they knew about it. They were part of the process. And, and we ultimately created a, I think, a very compelling book. Because I, once again, I think you could read four or five quotes and you'll say to yourself, man, I really need to write an aha book. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just want to be careful when you go to the web and you start pulling quotes that you're going to use inside your book. That's when, you know, then as publishers, we're going to say, okay, who owns the quote? Where did it come from? Do you have permission to use it? So it's much better if you create it yourself or if you're quoting somebody else, make sure you give them the appropriate attribute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants to uh, ask you a question, after after the show, how should they do that, Mitchell? The um, so connect to me on. Feel free to Google my name. It's Mitchell M I T C H E L L Levy. Um, most likely, you'll what'll pop up is is Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, connect to me on LinkedIn. Happy to do that. And then then that's an easy way to ask questions. Uh, you could do the same on on Twitter. I try to respond to everybody who responds to me socially. Um, if you go to ahathat.com, uh, my email address is there as well. And clearly, if you end up writing books or want to write books, um, what you could always say, one of the things is you submit you know, the answers to step number one. Uh, when you're submitting that, you could say, hey, I heard Mitchell on the air. I still have some questions. Can we make sure we set up some time? And my team will make sure that we get to connect. So I, I'll do my best to make myself available to those who who really want to do a little bit of strategy work to, to learn how to, uh, how to uh, in essence, I haven't done this yet, Mike, uh, allow people to press the easy button. <laughs> we have one of those buttons in the training room, in the sandler room. Oh, you need uh, to have one. Oh, yeah, everyone's got to have one. Uh, so how many of these aha books uh, have you actually got out and published? That's a great question. I think we're somewhere, uh, somewhere between 250 to 300. Um, we've got, uh, 35,000 quotes. So you could divide 35,000 by 140 and that'll give you the exact answer or we have this listed online. Um, I would say given the timeliness of where we are at the moment, uh, I'm going to give you another URL. And as soon as you vote, I'm going to recommend that you type this URL on social media. It's aha.pub, A-H-A.P-U-B slash I voted. And what will happen is uh, we, we took the phrase I voted or I'm happy I voted and put it in over 100 languages. And, uh, and we have a cool little cover. So you put that in there and, and you don't have to say anything else, right? You don't have to say who you voted for or why. 
Um, we have books, uh, phrase books, and we love doing phrase books. Our phrase books uh, for happy birthday, for thank you. So aha.pub slash happy birthday or, or slash thank you. Or Marshall Goldsmith, who is the number one CEO coach in the world, he's known for the phrase life is good. So we translated that phrase into 140 languages, and we have a life is good phrase book. Um, mm-hmm. We just published, looks like last night, we published a bunch of others. Uh, You're the boss, as you wish. Have a great weekend. Happy Monday. Uh, your wish is my command. So we, we actually, uh, I, I love the phrase book concept uh, because it, it really, it speaks a mouthful without you having to do a lot of work. It, it also seems to solve the other problem that it takes less time to read one of your books uh, done this way uh, than a conventional book. Oh, Mike, that's the cool part. So, so, so I, uh, well, we're getting close to the end. So let me, let me, uh, if you read, if you spend the time to read a Sandler book or any book on the marketplace, that's 40, 50,000 words. So you're going to, you know, if you, if you, if you put yourself in a chair, maybe you spend the entire weekend, typically it takes weeks, sometimes months to read one of these books. And now mm-hmm. fast forward six months. And what do you remember? One, two or oh, three points. Probably. Yeah. Almost so, nothing. But, but maybe if you're lucky, you'll remember one, two or three. Now right. read an aha book. It'll take you 10 to 15 minutes. Now fast forward. Six, and what are you going to remember? I'm going to argue you're going to remember one, two, or three things. All right, so what did you do with an aha book versus a more traditional one? You've saved your customer from spending a ton of time reading, and you've given them an answer that helped them solve, solve it super quickly, right? So anyhow, mm-hmm. I find it absolutely fascinating because if you can deliver that same punch in much less time, your, your customers, your prospects will turn to customers, and they will appreciate you for the brevity of which you've been able to communicate your message. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, Jim Wilson has just joined us. And uh, Jim, uh, perhaps you can give uh, just one fast tax tip to our listeners uh, for something to do from a business perspective before the end of this year, 2016. That's a great question. It's As a business owner, it's always great to have your numbers in good order mm-hmm. so you can make good decisions. Don't run your business out of the checkbook because there's things like an HSA you can put in, um, an IRA deduction, uh, 179 with the higher limits are now available, and um, you need to seize those opportunities before December 31st. That's great. What's an NH? HSA, health savings account. Oh, health savings account. You are allowed to put that in beyond mm-hmm. and, and, and before you file, but uh, I find it's better to plan out your money, close out your year, start fresh. Mm-hmm. Don't try to borrow money from the future and bring it back. Mitch, I want to thank you for uh, being on the show today. And uh, Jim, thanks for joining us again. Sure. And, Absolutely. Uh, my pleasure. We'll have another unique show again uh, next week. Thanks again for listening. And Scott, why don't you take it away to close out the show? Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.